welcome to Library Land Loves, a podcast from the Ontario Library Association. I'm your host, Michelle Arbuckle, and today I am speaking with Reese Steinberg. Reese is a business librarian at Ryerson University, and we were co-workers when I was working there last year. Uh, Reese came in as a business librarian, I think it was a few months after I had started there, and it was really eye-opening and helpful for me to watch and to connect with him as he found his footing and started exploring new paths and ideas for the students that he worked with. He's very creative and innovative and comes up with lots of amazing ideas. His research interests include the ethics of storytelling, library instruction and outreach, and the effects of neoliberalism on business research. He enjoys listening to and telling stories. He in fact did storytelling with Jane and I at Ryerson, very exciting. Uh, He enjoys reading Miss Manners, doing bad improv, and writing occasional advice columns for a food co-op. I have so many follow-up questions from that bio, Reese, but we are not here to talk about those things today. That's for a future pod. Um, Last year, Reese started working towards his MBA at Ryerson, and today we're going to talk about going back to school, how to do it, what it feels like, and the lessons learned as you try to be a student while also carrying on with your day job. So welcome, Reese. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much, Michelle. What a nice introduction. I'm so happy to chat with you. I love I loved working with you at Ryerson, and like I said, it was interesting to me um, to see someone come in and kind of jump right into the liaison librarian role and see um, what that looks like and how you made connections with people and thought of new programming and that. Like, I, I just, I'm fascinated by your brain. Oh, thank you so much. And one of the nicest memories I have, I mean, I loved working with you, but you were one of the very first people who approached me even before I started working at Ryerson. I don't know if you remember, we attended a conference right before, like I think the week before I started and you came up and you had recognized my name and introduced yourself oh. and it was just the warmest thing. And um, ever <laughs> since that, I've just really, I enjoyed working with you and oh, so happy to be, to, I was so happy to find out you're doing a podcast and um, just grateful to be here. Thank you. That's very sweet of you to say. Yes, I do love stalking new colleagues. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. So today we are talking about you starting your MBA. And so tell me a little bit more. I'm fascinated by this. And full disclosure, I had had some dreams. I entertained some ideas about starting my MBA as well. And then when I started looking at, what's the test called? The GMAT? The GMAT, yeah. Oh my gosh. I started doing some sample questions and I was like, no, I can't. Like the math alone was a huge stumbling block for me. So tell me about your journey. Why did you want to do that? Yeah, definitely. Well, I think probably it helped that I didn't look into the GMAT that carefully at the <laughs> beginning. And just for anyone who might be listening, it's uh, yeah, it's a combination of Uh, sort of math questions and then just rational questions all based on like a grade 12 or 13 level of like sort of business related um, math mostly. Mm -hmm. It was definitely something that I had to study for for quite a while. Um, But yeah, I I think I had always had this idea of an MBA just because I'm so interested in business librarianship. Even before I was a business librarian, I thought that was where I wanted to be. And it seemed like kind of a, a fun and funny way to learn more about the field. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing was that I, I really liked learning and it had been a long time since I'd taken a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. So just going back and trying to do that seemed like a challenge that I would appreciate, but also that I would, I, I was guessing that I would learn a little bit differently now than I had when I finished library school like 15 years ago. Absolutely. And I, it's interesting to me, you know, from your perspective, 
someone taking the MBA without really the intention of going into a business. I mean, I don't know if that's the case for sure with you, but um, just the intentions of the degree are a little bit different, which is interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's true. I don't pretend or I'm, no, I'm not intending to go into business at all. But I, I think it's one of the things is working with students where I'm working on this one part of the things that they're doing, like I'm really helping them with research, but not having the overall idea of why they're doing it to some degree or like all the context for it, it seemed like it would help. The other thing about MBA is I was hoping that some of the more leadership focused courses or management focused mm -hmm. courses might be useful for me at some point in my career or interesting in some way, give me some insight into the organization as a whole. Absolutely. I mean, honestly, what the GMAT showed me was just the way that um, it trains your brain a little bit differently to approach challenges and problems. So I, I think, yeah, having that experience can only be beneficial. The other thing I just want to mention before we get into your list is, um, because I'm not sure how many people in Libraryland know this, and I was not as familiar with the tuition credit when you're an academic librarian. So this is a huge, like I was addicted to this when I was at Ryerson. Um, so when I was at Ryerson, I could take, given the level I was um, as a librarian, I could take two courses per term for free. I think I had to pay like the, the student fee. So it was about you know $25 or something. And the whole time I was there, I think I did six or seven courses. Um, and I loved it. Like I loved taking the classes, being able to choose whatever I wanted from that calendar and having that tuition credit as a staff person there. I mean, you could almost see getting into an academic librarianship just to be able to do that in a way. It's such a huge perk of the role. Definitely. That was one of the things I wanted to mention too. And the idea of going into education without having to think about, okay, can I make, is, is this going to be worth it? Yeah. Um, it just really, I mean, it gives you a taste of what it would be like if we lived in a country that supported education in that way, mm -hmm. I think, where For people sure. could just learn because they thought that it would benefit them or they would like it as opposed to, would it be worth the money? Exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I don't okay. want to spoil any more of your list. Let's get into it. So this is a sure. top five list uh, and it's a top five what? It's the top five things to think about or that I've learned in regard to going back to school. And I'd love to hear your comments on these too, because like you said, you've taken a lot of classes as well. Yeah, great. Uh, I mean, yeah, I can't hold myself back from commenting, so that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, let's start off. Are we starting off number five? Um, sure, we'll start off number five. Okay. So that's the um, thinking about the interpersonal factors when you have two roles at an institution. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's something that I didn't spend a lot of time thinking about, but in this case, because I'm taking business and I'm a business librarian, I have double roles with a variety of people. And that's anything from the students that I'm sometimes helping as well as in class with the professors that in some cases I'm meeting for the first time by taking one of their classes, especially mm -hmm. given that I'm a fairly new employee and sometimes they're fairly new or in an area that I don't cover within business. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also have colleagues that from other parts of the university because uh, like me, they're taking advantages of these perks. So I may come across them in one way as a colleague, in another way as a classmate, in a third way where I'm their librarian mm -hmm. um, and they're the classmate and they're coming to me to ask for advice. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not a bad thing, but it's something to think about, especially sometimes when there's areas that are a little bit tricky, like, um, I, I get an insight into what students are complaining about mm -hmm. um, when it comes to different professors or the program, um, just because we're on the same WhatsApp groups or yeah. 
Um, Those WhatsApp know, groups are yeah. wild. I was not prepared for the WhatsApp groups. Yeah, yeah, it's a really different. Um, it's a really different experience, um, yeah. and gives me a, a bit like maybe more of a perspective on the institution in some ways. Um, but I think that there can be certain circumstances that I could imagine being tricky. Uh, I've been able to navigate them, I think, so far pretty well. But mm-hmm. cases where I, you know, would meet a professor and they would know me as a student, though I, I have been introducing myself as a librarian when I start their classes to mm-hmm. them uh, uh, individually. Um, and then showing up in meetings with them, like faculty meetings, things like that, and having to navigate that and make sure they're treating me as a colleague. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Something to think about anyway. Um the one that I, I didn't ever have, I mean, I wasn't a faculty in my position, but um, I did notice I, so when I was taking communications courses and I was the communications librarian, um, it was just fascinating to me to see reading lists um, and how they were linking to things in the library or not. And, you know, using outdated or really old articles and haven't refreshed anything especially I I did this one course and there was a whole section around communications and social media and there were no articles more recent than 2011. And so it was a little, um, it was glaringly obvious that it was out of date and, you know, the most prominent social media platform at that time was Facebook. And so they were pushing that. And so I was able to go and say, just so you know, there's some resources here that can help you refresh this reading list and I can help. And so that was interesting too, because, you know, as librarians, we don't always have access to every reading list of every course um, without doing a little bit of digging. And so I thought that was just a helpful for me to have that access. Definitely. And I haven't had that exact experience, but I have had um, a couple of experiences where I've noticed that there are students that need library instruction in these classes. And I think the professors ex- expect that they, you know, probably know how to do some of the things mm-hmm. that they don't necessarily know how to do. Um, so being able to see that firsthand, I'm, I haven't uh, leveraged this yet, but I'm hoping to in some of the classes that I'm in um, to say, you know, look, I, I have been helping my colleagues my classmates, I would love to be able to, to present in this class. Yeah. Um, and here's what I can do. That's great. All right. So number four. Okay. Number four. Um, so that's, uh, and that you sort of alluded to this earlier in the introduction, speaking about the neoliberalism and business research. Um, this is really affected, the joint to this class has really affected the research that I'm doing myself. Um, so part of my position is doing some amount of um, scholarly uh, research and creative work. Um, but it's, it's ended up skewing a little bit more toward um, the business librarian or even just business research uh, mm-hmm. rather than the librarianship research that I could be doing. Um, doing things like read, uh, doing some reading and writing on critiquing how business is taught um, from like looking at neoliberal aspects of um, business education. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been more comfortable presenting at business conferences mm-hmm. as well as just library conferences, which has been really fun and I think helped to develop um, my abilities as a business librarian, which is just more crossover, I guess, than mm-hmm. I've been able to do in previously. Yeah. All right. Number three. Okay. Number three. Um, so that again is something we sort of alluded to is just the differences in doing a second grad degree all the, like all this time later. Um, so just that I'm, I, I'm really appreciating the challenges and noticing how different the differences in me, I guess, as opposed to the differences in the way school is. Mm-hmm. Um, because maybe part of it is because I'm doing something because I'm enjoying it and I'd like to learn more as opposed to hoping to get a job of it. But part of it is just um, 
maybe things that I've picked up as a librarian that have helped me be more organized or, or like uh, thoughtful and as far as like how I'm doing my research, how I'm organizing my projects, what I'm working on, mm -hmm. being a little bit more strategic, which I didn't necessarily expect. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Life experience adds so much, I think, no matter what you're, you're studying, but you're right. Also, because you're a professional now and, and even I'm thinking of things like the way that you write and the way that you can structure writing and, you know, kind of be coherent in your thoughts. Like for me anyway, it's so much easier to do that now than it was then. And I think it's because then I was so in my head around what the expectations were of the teacher um, and not really understanding maybe what they were and just grasping and trying to come up with something. Um, and now it's so much easier, I find, to communicate with the instructor and say, can you, can you clarify? Like, I know this isn't me. This is a misunderstanding somehow in the, in the communications, right? Yeah, there's a maturity there that helps, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I agree with that. And and thinking about like, instead of just thinking, you know, how can I please this, uh, this person who's going to be marking me thinking about how can I take this research project, which is maybe defined, um, and then turn it into something else later that's to do with my professional work? Or how can Absolutely. I use it in a way that's interesting or crossing over? Absolutely. Yeah. And I would hope anyway, that that's appreciated by the instructor as well, making those connections outside of just what's in the assignment. And, you know, um, yeah, connecting it to maybe a larger picture story in the world. Yeah, I hope fingers so. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> All right, that brings us to number two. Okay, number two. Um, so that's that I actually, so like I said, I, I went into this thinking that I would learn a lot more about business and so I'd be able to help students more. I think that's happened to some degree, but I think I'm learning a lot more that's um, not directly connected to my everyday research questions. Um, but about the school's culture, about the culture of business education in general, um, about being feel, feeling confident that I have sort of the background knowledge maybe to put uh, current events to do with business, if in this case, into the examples that I teach at school when I'm doing library instruction, things like that. But not as much that's concretely helped me with specific research questions. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it's one of those surprising things. I don't, I don't think that this makes it less valuable, but it's... Um, I mean, and maybe that will change. I'm only partway through, mm -hmm. but right now I'm, I'm finding that uh, there is a, maybe it's giving me some appreciation of what I've managed to pick up um, just by helping students over the, over the years yeah. um, um, and, and just by doing general reading, but also just, uh, yeah, an appreciation for like the nuance that maybe I didn't pick up before, Yeah. I guess, culturally. Yeah. Which um, I think uh, leads nicely into your number one, if I can spoil that. Definitely. So my, yeah, no, I think it does lead nicely into my number one, which is just that the uh, one thing I've really learned is just what it's like to be a student online. And, and I think this is really, um, this is maybe the most important thing that I've learned in, during this time, or maybe being a student in general. Uh, we talked about the WhatsApp groups before briefly, but for anyone who hasn't experienced this, I mean, there's an incredible level of communication among students right now um, yeah. and support for each other, which I never would have expected. Mm -hmm. um, or I, I, you know, I had some, some inkling of it before, but being able to see these very active um, WhatsApp groups, Slack groups, um, a variety of other things where students are constantly sharing information. Um, so now when I, when I help a student in the library and they say, okay, I'm gonna pass this on, this is really useful. I actually think that they are passing this on and perhaps it's, it's you know, 
it's uh, leading to a lot of other students getting access to this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It was fascinating to me. So the courses I took were not um, graduate level, um, but it was interesting to me. I, I took a, a first year marketing course and um, until we did, had a group project, I didn't even know this network existed. I, I still to this day don't know how they're finding each other. I, there must be like a Reddit thread or I don't know, <laughs> but <laughs> I sound so old right now. <laughs> but these WhatsApp groups, um, they're, they're happening organically. They're happening among the students. They're not organized by the university. And it got a little, uh, it was interesting at one point I was like, am I ethically um, obligated to report anything from this group? Like they're on that group during exams. Like the, the things that are being shared is interesting and um, sometimes scary, but I'm wondering have you been doing this work only as now, like distance learning? Have you ever, like, was it pre-COVID that you were meeting in classes or is it all distance? It's all been distance. I started just in the first semester of, uh, of COVID okay. sort of uh, online learning. Yeah. yeah. So I haven't, I haven't experienced what it's like without that. And I wonder, I'm just wondering, you know, if that's maybe changing a little bit is, is the com- is the community being encouraged by the university or are they still finding each other organically? My, yeah, I'm not sure. My, my sort of like, um, my impression is that this was not that different from what it had been before, but people are finding each other organically. I don't think it's being encouraged by the university, but I had the feeling that this wasn't a new thing when I started. There's, there's a WhatsApp group for my cohort, um, for people with various interests, for every class I'm in, for every uh, group project I'm in. Um, and yeah, I've had the same sorts of thoughts as you, like, I haven't seen anything as far as exam, like discussion of exams or anything like that, but I have seen, you know, people, um, talking about, talking about things or talking about the, about classes in ways where I'm just like, this isn't entirely comfortable. And I'm kind of going to pretend that I'm not, I'm not seeing right. this because, yeah. <laughs> I, because I have my foot in both sides. Yeah. Um, the other part though, that I learned that was like sort of the other part of this, as far as my the student experience that I really have been, I guess, thinking about the last few days, especially, is how, um, how different it is from other parts of my life, just because it's one of the most diverse spaces that, I, like racially diverse spaces that mm-hmm. I've been in, just period, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the library world, like, I think we do a good job at Ryerson, but the library world in general is like, pretty white mm-hmm. um my my school when I went to library school again was like there was there was some diversity but it, not not a lot mm-hmm. um and just like one of the things that I've noticed here is just people bring so many different experiences and they're not um I think maybe even when I I think maybe I even sort of you know imagine what a business student looks like and when I meet my classmates and get to know them better than I ever could as a librarian and hear people's stories of running their family's hospitality business in India or like being a doctor who's getting an MBA um, and working in a hospital Mm -hmm. you know I'm just like it's fascinating and I think that it brings sort of like uh, so many different stories and experiences that I don't really necessarily get in other parts of my life and really appreciate. Absolutely. I mean, and there's also just such a different level, um, a student, I would hope anyway, in a graduate degree, as opposed to, you know, a first year business student. My impression from the first year business students were, what's the right answer? We have to just get through this. And I would hope that, you know, as a graduate student, it's more about 
actually expanding your learning and, and you know, pulling together disparate ideas to come up with something new. Yeah, I think so. I think in some, I think it's, there's like a huge number, like there's people that are really looking to learn a lot and there's people that are looking to get a degree and there's probably right. all sorts of, um, all sorts of people in between as right. well. Um, but maybe it gives me a little better understanding of why when I'm meeting with students now, sometimes I'll have, you know, students that are coming and they, they're doing, you know, they're, they're in their first year marketing class, like you're talking about, and they're doing this really in-depth business, like uh, research where I'm just like, you know what, this is like, PhD level or something yeah. like that. You're, and you're, it's for a hundred, it's a hundred, 100 level marketing course. Um, you, you just need like the, you're, you're like really going deep. And then other students who seem to be struggling to get those bare, those, like those sort of like basics mm-hmm. down. For and sure. it's like, Oh, I mean, I think a big part of maybe being a student is being with a whole bunch of other people with a whole bunch of other experiences. And that might speak to that yeah. in a way that I haven't had an experienced in any yeah. other parts of my life in a long time. That's really interesting. Um, and you're a hundred percent right. The diversity uh, comment, I, and I'm not sure. Uh, I found Ryerson it, itself to be so diverse. You know, working there and mm-hmm. and seeing the student body and just getting to know people, it was one of the most diverse situations I've been put in as well. And uh, and I'm not sure if that's unique to Ryerson or downtown Toronto or you know because of the programs that we have there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was certainly eye-opening and also I just, yeah, I, I learned so much and I'm so grateful for that opportunity. So how many courses have you taken so far then? So I'm just actually today starting my, uh, fifth course. Okay, great. Yeah. So you're doing yeah. two at a time? I do, uh, one, one or two at a time. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Does it feel like, are you feeling like your, your time is stressed or are you doing a good job at, uh, kind of demarking time for for work and then school work and other tasks I think I'm getting a balance of it right now like one thing is just saying you know I'm not going to put my all into this very small report mm-hmm. um I'm going to say you know I'm, I'm limiting myself I could do you know a bunch of research that's not really necessary right so so and and yeah I think um as you know like we're pretty lucky where we have some professional development time that I've been able to use for school, mm-hmm. um, things like that. So yeah, just trying to like um, balance it that way a little bit. It's been okay. There have been times where I felt like, oh, I've got you know a bunch of stuff to do at work and at school. Yeah. But uh, it's been it's been manageable. I wouldn't. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. Yeah. I would recommend it for most people. <laughs> I think it, I think it's manageable. Yeah. What's been your favorite course so far? Probably funny enough, it's the first course I took, which was one I was least looking forward to, which was mm-hmm. accounting. Oh. Um, I knew nothing about accounting. I've never been a librarian, even if it's a business librarian, I've never dealt with accounting students for one reason or another. Um, they're not, they've never been in my area. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is going to be hard and it's, it's something I don't know anything about. Um, I had a wonderful professor in that course um, and it was the first one everyone had been online, but um, I learned so much. I learned about how accounting is actually can be creative and is um, critical and mm-hmm. Um, it made me really, I mean, I'm happy to be a librarian, but I was interested in the, in the sort of profession and interested in how it works a lot more than I thought that I would be. And I've enjoyed the other classes in various different ways, but that was the one that was just shocking because I was just like, okay, got to get this one out of the way. Yeah. I mean, I am also shocked because I would have felt exactly the same way. Like if I'm thinking, just as I said, graduate students are so much more interested in the work. Accounting would definitely be one of those where I would be like, check the boxes. I got to get out of here. I'm never going to use this. I just have to kind of get through. So that's interesting to hear though. 
it's one of those things where that just the terminology has popped up in a few other places where I would usually sort of you know have a basic understanding of what was going on and think that was enough and now I'm like oh I understand exactly the difference between this and that you know mm. revenue and earnings and whatever and I, I appreciate it and I appreciate that it's not just bookkeeping which is I think kind of what I pictured before interesting that's great and so how many courses like what when do you think you'll be done the MBA uh, I think in winter like or, or uh, yeah the the beginning of 2023 is what I'm guessing. I want to okay. sort of like space it out a bit. I'm not in a rush. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Well, I think it's wonderful. Congrats to you for uh, embarking on this journey, the MBA journey. It's not easy. I'm I'm frankly impressed you got through the GMAT. No offense there. <laughs> this seems like an impossible um, task to me, but I'm very uh, impressed by people that can get it done. So well done. Oh, thanks. And I, I mean, I really think like the GMATs, they're hard, but you can, if you just spend some time with it, relearning old math is not so bad. Hmm. Uh, or math, you never, maybe if you're like me, you uh, maybe yeah. never learned. It takes time, but it's not so bad. Um, and I think, you know, anyone who really wants to do it can probably get through those kind of tests. Yeah. Um, that's great. But yeah, yeah. And I mean, I really appreciate getting to talk with you about it, especially given that you've taken so many classes as well so recently and have some of the similar experiences. Yeah. I mean, I took um, towards the um, nonprofit management certificate in the Chang School. So I took uh, a bunch of courses towards that. And then in my last uh, term at Ryerson, I, I just was like, I'm just going to do some things for fun. So I did like a promotional communications course, which was the most fun of all of the ones that I did. Um, probably also just because I was good at it. And so I felt really, <laughs> I felt great about that. <laughs> I also thought it was interesting just to see the teaching styles of mm. the different professors as you went through. Because some of them, um, you know, I should say they all of the courses I did were distance, um, <clears throat> even pre-COVID. And okay. so for most of those, it was, we never heard the voice of the teacher or, you know, I don't even know that at that time if they had knew what Zoom was. Uh, so it was just assigning readings and, and the modules. And then um, we were had discussion boards and that kind of thing. But it was interesting to see as it evolved uh, and then into my last term, how instructors who had never done video before were really embracing that. So I hope that that's continued on as a trend. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. Your experience. I haven't done actual distance courses before. Yeah. Just the, the sort of, virtual courses okay yeah um but yeah um mm. and that the promotional communications one sounds so fun it is fun I'll just say <laughs> if you ever do it I'm here to help you create your brochure let me just tell you that <laughs> oh wonderful <laughs> thanks <laughs> well thank you for joining us today Reese I really enjoyed hearing about your uh, journey towards your MBA and what it's like going back to school and good luck with the rest of your degree well, thanks so much. And it's been so nice talking with you about this and seeing you again, having an excuse to like do something work related with yeah. you, Michelle. So thank you. It's nice to see you again, too. Thanks, Reese. That is all the time we have for this chapter. We hope you enjoyed our conversation today. If you have something that you love that you'd like to bring to the Library Land Loves table, then please reach out to me. I would love to hear more about it. And my contact info is here in the show notes. Please don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell a friend about us so that we can all share in what library land loves. Bye.